At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Thursday, July 13th edition of VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Glad to be back here on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets after the All Star break. Went and visited my in laws, my wife's family, and friends. Uh, so got away from it all a little bit here during the downtime of the Major League Baseball season. There's not much of it, so we definitely have to take advantage of it as much as we can as we return with 15 games on the betting board for Friday. But today, I'll take a look around Major League Baseball, talk about some betting angles, betting tips, nuggets, tidbits, things to follow with a lot of the teams out there around the league and a couple of overall talking points as we look ahead to the second half. Before we get into that, I got a question for you. Are you switching to YouTube TV to get Sunday ticket? That means you can now watch VEASAN. VEASAN has a 24-7 channel on YouTube TV as part of the Sports Plus package. So if you're switching over to YouTube TV, Make sure you check out VEASAN, the sports betting network. And speaking of the NFL, speaking of Sunday Ticket, our NFL betting guide available over at VEASAN.com. If you haven't gotten it yet, now is the time to do that. Also, our college football betting guide coming out here on August 3rd. So it is three weeks from today, the college football guide coming out. I will be working a lot on college football here today with no baseball on the Thursday card. So, Look, a lot of good opportunities, a lot of good things to get over at vcin.com if you subscribe. $19 introductory offer still available. That's your first month for $19. That would include the recently released NFL guide and that upcoming college football guide. Summer kickoff special, also $175. That gets you everything that we do through the Super Bowl on February 11th for $175. So that's all sports. Good opportunity to take advantage of that over at vcin.com slash subscribe all right so let's talk in general here about the second half of the major league baseball season we've got a handful of days here until the trade deadline a couple of weeks three weeks i think it is actually until the mlb trade deadline so look a few things here first of all teams coming out of the break that's always a really interesting thing i uh, actually a little under three weeks two weeks and five days until the major league baseball trade deadline that is tuesday August 1st. A few things here coming out of the break. The first is some teams will be happy to be back. Some teams won't. So 
the teams that came into the break playing well with some positive vibes, kind of got some things rolling, they'll probably be happy to get back to it. On the other hand, teams that struggled, teams that you know don't really have a whole lot of prospects for this season, those guys probably won't be as excited to get back on the field on Friday. But the teams that have been playing well but weren't playing well going into the break, they'll wipe the slate clean. They'll kind of be excited to get back at it. So much like the weekend going into the break, you kind of have to play amateur psychiatrist or psychologist. You have to do the same thing here coming out of the All-Star break as well because some teams will be ready to go. Some teams won't be. So you kind of want to look at each game on a game-by-game basis and kind of decide what you think that situation may look like the second thing and this is a really big one now that we're into the second half you will see managers gms assistant gms pitching coaches all of that talking about pitcher workloads and how they're going to try to manage some of these things some guys will be on innings limits some guys will get shut down completely some guys will go down to the minor leagues where it's a more controlled environment like yuri perez of the marlins That was a big talking point right before the All-Star break. Look, the Marlins are probably going to make the playoffs, but Yuri Perez is 20 years old. He has a long career ahead of him. There's no reason for the Marlins to get 150 or 160 high-stress innings out of him with the majority of those at the big league level in 2023 when, yeah, they're having a good season, but you don't want to put a kid like that at risk. So there will be a lot of instances in which young pitchers will maybe increase their innings by 20 or 30, something like that from the previous season. But you will see managers talking about guys having an innings limit, and that will be something that you want to factor into your handicap. I know that Twitter sucks. Twitter is an awful, horrible place, but it's also a really good news source. So if you follow beat writers, if you follow you know some of the fantasy accounts, stuff like that, you will see tweets about guys on an innings limit. You know, pitchers that are only going to go out there, start, throw three innings and be done. That is a massive part of the handicap. You want to know how long these guys are expected to go. Now, I do wonder if maybe some teams kind of in July and August sort of cut guys back a little bit, then maybe use them a little bit more in September, kind of let them, you know, catch their breath here during the dog days of summer. That's a possibility. But again, each team, each pitcher will be treated differently and that's something that you want to factor into the equation. So, you know, if you go into a start with a young pitcher, make sure you know that that's a guy that will be out there, you know, pitching a full workload, something like that. The other thing is that teams will try to steal some extra days. You know, for example, Bryce Elder, who got shelled by the Rays in his last start before the break, he won't pitch again until Tuesday, even though Friday would kind of be, you know, his regular rest, Friday or Saturday at least would be his regular rest. He won't pitch until Tuesday. So teams will be doing this as we go forward here. The other thing not related to that, but coming out of the all-star break is with four days off, you can reset your rotation. So we may have some guys here in the next week or so week or two that will be pitching for the first time in 10 days, 11 days, 12 days, something like that. So those guys could be a little bit rusty, could be a little bit shaky in those starts. So that, will be something that you want to look for as well. Let's roll through division by division, talk about kind of some betting angles, betting tips, maybe some bets to make here in the second half. We start with the American League East where the Tampa Bay Rays, still the leader in the division, but they are just 28 and 26 over their last 54 games and 11 and 16 in their last 27. So the Rays are still riding high from that really hot start that they had. But over the last 
almost two months. They've been a pretty middle-of-the-road pedestrian type of team. So still getting some bigger favorite roles, but maybe not as deserving of them here of late. The Orioles are a team to watch very, very closely. While I think the Orioles are good enough to run down Tampa Bay and possibly win the East Division, only one pitcher last season threw over 125 and a third innings, and that was Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles has been a professional pitcher for 15 years, a major leaguer for probably 10 or 12 of those. He's a guy that can deal with the high innings workload. Dean Kramer was the guy who threw 125 and a third last year. So, for example, Tyler Wells getting pushed back this first time through the rotation after the All-Star break. So that's a situation with the Orioles where you want to watch that very, very closely. Also, Grayson Rodriguez has been pitching really, really well in the minor leagues. He'll probably be coming up soon, but he's another guy that they will take very, very good care of trying to prevent any arm injuries or anything like that. So that's something to keep in mind with the Orioles. If you're thinking about them to win the East, if you're thinking about them for an overseason win total, something like that, keep in mind they may be shutting down some of their pitchers or possibly scaling back a guy like, say, Yenier Cano, something like that, maybe not using him back-to-back days. That's something, too, where relievers may not be as available as they kind of build up those appearances and build up those innings. So that's something for you to keep in mind with Baltimore and really with everybody that's out there. The Blue Jays, how about this for Toronto? They are 0-7 against Boston this season, six games left to go, but they are 50-34. and against everybody else. So for whatever reason, they can't beat Boston, but they're very, very good against everybody else. They get a chance to kind of reshuffle the deck as well, figure out what they want to do with their fifth starter role. Uh, That'll be another thing. We'll see a lot more bullpen games, openers, bulks, piggybacks, all that kind of thing that we've seen throughout most of the season here. The other thing that's kind of a shocker about Toronto, still in games at Rogers Center, averaging under eight runs per game, 7.97, I think it is, something like that. Wouldn't really expect that at Rogers Center, especially with the new dimensions, but we've not seen much offense here in Toronto home games. The Yankees, good news on Carlos Rodon, uh, good news on Nestor Cortez. Aaron Judge will be back here at some point, but I just want to mention here, the Yankees coming out of the All-Star break, they have not played the Royals, Tigers, or the Rockies. They will play two of the three in their next three series. I believe it's the Royals and the Rockies. So the Yankees getting to ease into the second half a little bit, a little bit of an easy schedule here to start things, and a new hitting coach in Sean Casey. So we'll see if that helps them. But I just wanted to mention that they haven't played three of the worst teams in baseball here so far. That will change uh, coming out of the All-Star break where they play two of them. The AL Central, let's talk about the Minnesota Twins here. They end the season with the Angels and the A's at home and then the Rockies on the road. So their final nine games are the Angels, A's, and Rockies, who by that point could be the three of the worst teams in baseball. The A's obviously already are. Colorado's not good. And the Angels, if they traded Shohei Otani or if Mike Trout didn't come back, something like that, that could decide the American League Central Division here. And in correlation with that, the Guardians, you know, I don't think they're going to trade Shane Bieber because, you know, I mean, they're in first place right now. And, you know, they'll take a run at it. They're, organizationally, they really believe that all you have to do is get into the playoffs and then kind of see what happens. I don't agree with that philosophy, although the American League is, I think, more wide open than the National League where the Braves just look dominant. But that is the Guardians' philosophy. It's to get in and see what happens. They'll probably feel like their best chance of getting in is to keep Shane Bieber. I hope he gets traded, but 
I don't know that it's going to happen because when you look at what's going on with their rotation, Tristan McKenzie's done for the year in all likelihood. You got Tanner Bybee and Logan Allen. Those are two guys that capped out at 132 and two thirds last year. Allen, 82 and two thirds this season, just got sent down to kind of monitor his workload. Bybee, 85 and a third innings pitched. So the Guardians are kind of in a tough spot. Cal Quantrill is useless this season. They don't have McKenzie. Bieber's a shell of himself. And they've got some of these young guys in the rotation like Bybee, Allen, and Gavin Williams. I don't think they'll push those guys too hard if they don't have to. So I'm waiting for a better price on the Twins to win the AL Central. I think minus 145 is a little bit high, but I do think that ultimately because Minnesota has more proven arms in their rotation that, you know, I think it kind of gives them an edge over Cleveland. So we'll see. But I do think Minnesota may be worth a play to win the Central as we go forward here. I think the Tigers are a play on team in the second half. I just did a spot on a numbers game with pinch hitter Jonathan Von Tobel. And Eduardo Rodriguez is back. Tarek Skubel's back. Matt Manning is back. Their rotation has gotten substantially better over the last couple of weeks here. I think Michael Lorenzen could very well get dealt. That wouldn't surprise me. But you know, they got a guy in Reese Olsen that they're using kind of in a bulk role. Um, you know, their rotation just looks a lot better, just a lot more upside right now with those guys back. And I mean, look, offensively, they're not great, but, you know, first fives um, plus one and a half run lines, stuff like that may be worth playing with the Tigers. The White Sox here. This is one of my favorite current season win total bets under 72 and a half for Chicago. They start the second half with Atlanta, the Mets and the Twins. So that's not great for them. They'll likely trade Lucas Giolito. There could be others that could be on the move. Maybe some guys out of the bullpen, stuff like that. Their live win total at 72 and a half means they'd have to go 35 and 35 in their last 70 games. And I do not expect them to play at a 500 pace here throughout the rest of the season. And I think that they struggle coming out of the break as well. So White Sox under 72 and a half, a bet that I would make at this point in time and probably will make uh, before the second half gets underway here. The American League West. How about the Texas Rangers? So remember, I've been talking about this a lot with Texas. They were batting 330, 340 with men in scoring position throughout the first couple months of the season. They're down to 297, which still leads Major League Baseball. But since June 15th, they are batting 221 with runners in scoring position. And here's another interesting stat about the Rangers. If you look at F War, Fangraphs wins above replacement player. Number two on their pitching staff is Jacob deGrom. Jacob deGrom has not pitched since April 28th. So the Rangers are in dire, desperate need of pitching help. I do think Jordan Montgomery is very much an option for them. Uh, I think maybe they could be interested in Jack Flaherty as well. I do think that you know they will be very active in pursuing pitching here. At the trade deadline, the difficult thing is always that, you know, if you're a bad team, it's probably because you don't have very good pitching. So there aren't a ton of high upside arms out there, but I do think they'll kick the tires and probably already have on a guy like Shane Bieber. Uh, Montgomery is a great fit, I think. I think Jordan Montgomery may be the best pitcher available on the trade market since Aaron Nola probably isn't anymore and Corbin, Corbin Burns probably isn't either. Uh, so that's what the Rangers will probably be looking at here. So... They're going to need some pitching help. They badly need pitching help, and we've kind of seen that where they've played okay, 
but they've kind of been, you know, sort of like the Rays, kind of a marginal team here of late because they're not outscoring the opposition because they're not getting those hits with runners in scoring position. And the fact that DeGrom is still second in F4, making just six starts on the season, they're going to have to get some pitching help. So we'll see where they end up getting it from. But I also think the Astros will be very aggressive at the trade deadline as well. And of course, Houston, you know, playing well going into the break, all things considered, they're just two back of Texas right now, as Texas is kind of coming back to the pack a little bit, but they will get Jordan Alvarez back at some point in August. Um, you know, Christian Javier may get things figured out. I think the Astros will be aggressive in going after pitching as well. And I think they'll be aggressive in general because owner Jim Crane is effectively running the team. You know, he fired basically anybody, you know, in that he, he got rid of James click in that GM role. Um, you know, he thought that they were him and Jeff Bagwell thought that they were too invested in analytics. Well, the results speak for themselves. You've won a couple of World Series and basically have the equivalent of an American League dynasty. Analytics work, but I do think that you know they'll be aggressive here at the deadline, trying to get some improvements, add some balance to that lineup. They could really use a couple of left-handed hitters. I think that's something that they will look to go after, possibly maybe get another starter as well. But I think the Astros will be aggressive here at the trade deadline. And to some degree, I think maybe there's an opportunity to kind of buy this team to, you know, maybe win the American League, something like that. I know it's only plus 390, but the Rangers don't have the pitching. The Rays are a 500 team over the last two months. Uh, I don't think the cent- whoever comes out of the Central is, is really a contender. Uh, I think Baltimore is dangerous for sure. But, you know, Toronto seems to have flaws. The Yankees definitely have flaws as well. Uh, I still think the Mariners have an outside shot at making the playoffs. But, you know, look, I I think that Houston is just kind of going to do what Houston does. And I think that they will add uh, in advance here of this August 1st trade deadline. Speaking of the Mariners, 10-game homestand to start the second half with Detroit, Minnesota, and Toronto. Also, 18% of their remaining schedule, 13 of their games against Kansas City and Oakland. So the Mariners do have the chance to play a little bit weaker of a schedule here in the second half, and they do start with that extended homestand as well. I still think this is a team that has a chance to make the playoffs. I, you know, look, I bet their overseason win total, I don't think it's going to get there, but this is a team that, as things currently stand, yes, is plus 265 to make the playoffs. I don't think that's a bad bet. I, I really don't think that's a bad bet. I think this Seattle team, very, very talented, great rotation. They can actually afford a little bit of an innings bump for guys like George Kirby and Logan Gilbert after using them last year. I think they may be pretty aggressive in their trade pursuits as well. Jerry DePoto definitely has been throughout his career. So I kind of like the Mariners to make the playoffs to plus 265. I know they have some ground to make up, but this team is way better than what we saw in the first half of the season for the angels. Look, it's, it's the obvious question, right? The, I won't even call it an elephant in the room. Will they trade Shohei Otani? Yes or no? I think they should. I think the proper baseball decision is to trade Shohei Otani. Will Artie Moreno sign off on letting Perry Manasian do it? Probably not. If he does, I mean, the Yankees are in play. Uh, I don't think they would trade him within division to the Mariners. Uh, the Braves could certainly be in play. Um, I don't know if it happens. I I hope it happens. 
Uh, and, and that's, you know, brings up a question about the MVP, right? I mean, I think if Shohei Otani didn't pitch another inning this year, he'd still win the MVP. I think he's just that far ahead of everybody. If he gets traded to the National League, he won't win the AL MVP. So that's really the only way I think that he doesn't win it. It's a possibility, but I don't know. But the Angels just uh, a mess right now, aside from, you know, some good signs from guys like Reed Detmers. The Oakland A's made a headline today, calling up Tyler Soderstrom and Zach Geloff from the minor leagues from AAA Las Vegas. Soderstrom is kind of an all-or-nothing guy, strikes out a ton, but he's got really, really good power. Uh, That's the catcher that kind of moved up the chain a little bit, uh, you know, when they traded Sean Murphy. Then Geloff is a guy that, you know, middle infielder, high walk rate, good stolen base numbers, decent pop as well. Really good player. I believe he actually played for Team Israel uh, in the World Baseball Classic, but really, really good player. He'll help them. And the A's, you know, low-key making some good adjustments with their pitchers. Hogan Harris got better later in the first half. Uh, J.P. Sears, you know, a guy that's been largely fine. James Caprellian. Uh, Luis Medina still doesn't know where the ball is going, but he's not giving up a bunch of home runs. The A's low-key got a little bit better uh, towards the tail end of the first half in some respects. They weren't necessarily winning games, but individuals got better. So that may be something worth watching as we go forward here. Let's take a short break. We'll talk about the National League on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. All right, we're back on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, five-star reviews. Very, very much appreciated for the pod here. Going to run a little bit long with today's show, but obviously lots to talk about. As we look ahead to the second half here with a full slate of games on Friday, podcast will be back in its usual format on Friday. And then, of course, you know, come back after the weekend on Monday as well. Let's talk some National League here. The Braves, not much to say. I mean, 27-6 and in their last 33 games. They're an absolute wagon. There's no weakness on this team. I think maybe there'll be a player for a relief pitcher, maybe one of the top relievers that's out there on the market. But other than that, they don't really need to do much. I mean, I can see them getting a depth starter just because guys like Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd and Mike Soroka haven't exactly been reliable. I could see them going out there and getting maybe a second tier arm, not getting like a Jordan Montgomery or something like that, kind of getting a second tier, you know, piggyback type of arm. Uh, but I mean, look, this this lineup is incredible. They had eight all-stars for a reason. Just a really, really good team. The Marlins, 
so the Marlins are interesting because they have this ridiculous one run record, 21 and six in one run games. They have a negative run differential and they're 53 and 39. So a lot of people will look at them and say, okay, there's negative regression coming. And I've wanted to believe that for a long time because my season win total under ticket on them is absolutely dead. But here's the thing about the Marlins, 53 and 39 overall, but they are one and nine against Atlanta. So they are 52 and 30 against anybody not named the Braves. And if you take away the games against the Braves, which obviously you can't do, but for the sake of this exercise, let's do it. Their run differential is plus 49. So the games against Atlanta have completely skewed everything for the Marlins. This might be a good baseball team. I don't know. I guess we'll see as we go forward. But Braxton Garrett's been really, really good. If they can figure out Sandy Alcantara, that would go a long way. Um, you know, But they're figuring it out offensively. They're you know getting some good relief work. They're getting good starting pitching. Maybe this is just for real. I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see. Philadelphia Phillies, 23-11 and 11 in their last 34 games, minus 200 to make the playoffs at DraftKings. Now may be the buy sign for that bet because the Phillies play 13 more games at home than they do on the road here in the second half. And I'm going to double-check that because it sounds kind of crazy to me. They've played 89 games here so far this season, and they've got 38 at home and 51 on the road. So they do. They have 13 more home games in the second half than they have road games. They do not have a longer road trip than six games. That's a really good thing for Philadelphia. They will pl- they will be playing at home a lot here in the second half. So minus 200 may ultimately end up being the best price you can get on this team to make the playoffs. Shop around, of course. I'm sure another book has a bit better of a number. But, you know, the bullpen is pretty good. I think they will be active at the trade deadline and kind of bolstering the rotation a little bit, um, you know, maybe getting another complimentary piece uh, on the bench side for the lineup, something like that. Uh, but 23 and 11 here in the last 34. And again, 13 more games at home than on the road in the second half. The Mets, there's really not a whole lot to say about the Mets. I mean, they've been remarkably disappointing, obviously, this season in so many ways. The, the only thing I noticed really you know, outside of they need guys with track records to be better, is that their last 13 games are all against the Marlins and the Phillies. So if the Marlins and the Phillies are battling it out for a wild card spot, that's not great for the Mets because it's going to be tough for them to, you know, get anybody to lay down in that situation. So uh, the Mets, not really a team I'm high on for the second half. We'll see if they improve at all. Um, But, you know, again, they probably won't be a buyer at the trade deadline. They have so many expenses on that payroll that they can't be flexible as a seller either. So I don't really know what will happen with the Mets going forward outside of finding ways to win more games. And they did play better during that last week of the first half. So maybe a little bit to build on there for them. We take a look at the National League Central here. Cincinnati Reds at the top. And again, the amazing thing for them, 24 and 12 in their last 36, but no Hunter Green. No Nick Lodolo kind of cobbling things together here with popsicle sticks and chewed gum and kind of MacGyvering their way through the rotation here at this point. Andrew Abbott's been fantastic, so at least there's been that. Brandon Williamson, tough guy to trust. Uh, Ben Lively and Luke Weaver are just not major league caliber pitchers. So the Reds will just have to continue to out-hit everybody. And, you know, to a degree, they've done that here uh, since calling up a lot of the guys from the minor leagues that they have. 
The one thing I will tell you about the Reds, though, and part of this has to do with no green and no Lodolo, in their games at home, their pitchers have allowed 5.66 runs per game. On the road, 4.55 runs per game. So well over a full run more at home than on the road. Their offensive split isn't nearly as stark. They've almost scored the same number of runs per game on the road that they have at home. I think it's about 0.1 run per game, something like that. But this is something to keep in mind with them. Unless they get some pitching help, their games at home will continue to look like slow-pitch softball games. Now, the market has accounted for this. Their totals are quite high at Great American Ballpark. But again, as it stays hot, that's a really great park for the ball to carry. So... You know, that will just continue to be a thing there, especially in looking at their rotation. Now, will Graham Ashcraft be any better? I don't know. It remains to be seen. I'd like to think so. But despite all the good raw data that's there from his baseball savant stuff, spin rates, velo, all that kind of thing, the results aren't there. The numbers aren't there. So I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see with Ashcraft. The Milwaukee Brewers. You know, they've got six games left with the Reds. They'll all be done by July 26th. So we'll see who gets the upper hand there. Will they trade Corbin Burns? My guess is no. So last year they did the Josh Hader trade with the Padres. The clubhouse was not thrilled about it. Baseball media skewered them. I'm sure their fans were pissed off as well. And David Stearns came out after the season, who was the GM, and now he's in some kind of advisory role or something as this contract plays out, he'll probably go to the Mets this offseason. Uh, but he came out after the season was like, you know, I, I probably underestimated the impact that that would have on our team. And that's the difficult thing. You know, for me, looking at data almost exclusively and Stearns, you know, is one of those Ivy League guys with, you know, more of a business background and all of that. He's largely looking at the data as well. The variables of clubhouse chemistry and, you know, all that. They're secondary, if not tertiary. That was a baseball decision and one that I completely understood because you weren't going to spend, you know, five years and upwards of $100 million on Josh Hader to be a a reliever where it's a very volatile position. It's tough to do that when you're Milwaukee, one of the, the two smallest markets in the big leagues, I think. It's very hard to do that, and they've probably spent above their means in some respects here during this, you know, decent run as well. So I understood trading Josh Hader. I would understand trading Corbin Burns. I don't think it happens. And you're kind of selling a little bit low on Burns as well because he hasn't been as good this season as he typically is. If you're the Brewers, you probably just hold on for dear life, wait for Brandon Woodruff to come back, and hope that your fortunes kind of change on offense. I don't know if that will be the case. I do like the Reds still to win this division. They are still at plus money out there at DraftKings and at other shops. Uh, A lot of the equity is gone from where it was a few weeks ago. I just don't think the Brewers are that good of a team. Statistically, they don't really look like that good of a team. They still find a lot of ways to win games, and they're very, very good in one-run games, which is not always the most repeatable skill. So the Brewers, this division race is really interesting to me, and, and I do think that the Reds should be the favorite. I don't know how much value is left on plus 130, uh, but if I think they should be the favorite, then obviously I think there's some measure of value on it. I just think for the Brewers, you know, I don't think that they're in a position to buy either. I think the Reds can and should. I think the Reds should absolutely buy. They should be in the market for any starting pitcher that has a pulse. But 
I am really curious to see what the Brewers do because I feel like they're not in a position to buy. They're not in a position to want to add salary. And I don't think they're in a position with their minor league system to give up a whole lot either. So I think the Reds have ample upside to get better that I don't think that the Brewers have. So kind of looking big picture, I think the Reds do ultimately win this division. How this transpires on a day-to-day basis, I'm not sure. But I do think it will continue to be the same for the Reds. They're going to win high-scoring games. And they're going to lose high-scoring games. That's just how it's going to be. And the Brewers, they don't have the offensive upside. They've really gotten some decent work from guys like Adrian Hauser and Colin Ray and all of that. They're going to probably keep playing lower-scoring games. And that'll just kind of be how it goes for those two teams. Not much to say about the Pirates, but they have transitioned themselves into being a seller. Uh, They're a team that kind of picked up some one-year free agent deals, one-year and two-year, you know, low low commitment deals. So I think they will be a team that, you know, is pretty active in the trade market. Rich Hill will likely be a guy to go. Carlos Santana could probably be traded as well. But the Pirates started 20 and 9, and they're 21 and 40 since. So they were a great story, but obviously unable to keep that up. The Cardinals. You know, uh, the Cardinals, uh, their reputation is so strong. It's tough for me to find a way to word this because it's just, it, it's been an interesting development all season long. Their reputation is so strong that people have just assumed that they're going to get better, that they're going to figure it out, that they're going to get out of this, you know, rut that they've been in. And understandably so. I mean, when you look at the St. Louis Cardinals, you look for losing seasons. It's hard to find one. 2007, 1999. So they've had two losing seasons in the last 25 years. So everybody just kind of kept waiting for this team to just hit a stride. I don't think it's going to happen. And John Mozellick came out, I believe it was during the All-Star break, and said, we're going to trade people. You rarely, if ever, hear that kind of blunt and blatant honesty from a front office executive. When he says we are going to trade people, they are going to trade people. So Jordan Montgomery will go. Jack Flaherty will go. The big wild card here, and the one that I think is really, really interesting, is Paul Goldschmidt. So Paul Goldschmidt's got 25.333, whatever, million on his contract for next year. I don't think it's a bad idea to trade him. In fact, I think it's a pretty good idea to trade Goldschmidt. So the question is, who would be interested? Well, I think there'd be quite a few suitors. Houston would make a ton of sense. So I know that Houston signed Jose Abreu, but there's kind of a sunken cost at this point in him. I mean, look, from first baseman this season, the Astros have gotten eight home runs and a 235 average with a 290 on base a 347 slugging. That's pathetic. That is a glaring weakness on that team. So I think Goldschmidt makes a lot of sense. I could make a case for Seattle being interested in Goldschmidt as well. They've only gotten seven home runs from the first base position, not really gotten a whole lot of production. Um, You know, Baltimore could be a spot as well. So there are some spots here where I think Goldschmidt makes some sense. Um, Philadelphia could be another one. I know Alec Boehm has played pretty well, but, you know, Philadelphia, and I realize Reese Hoskins will be back next year off the torn ACL, but, you know, again, if you want to go for it this year, 
Paul Goldschmidt's the kind of player that allows you to go for it. So that's something that I, I think you can take a look at here is, you know, Paul Goldschmidt probably goes. And that's a big bat at the trade deadline. That is a huge bat at the trade deadline. There are some teams that could absolutely use an infusion of power into their lineups. And Goldschmidt would be exactly that. The Padres would be a good fit for Goldschmidt because Jake Cronenworth has not been good this year at all. And he's played predominantly at first base. Are the Padres willing to go out there and buy and take on another high-priced salary for next year? Maybe. But I do think that you know there's an opportunity here for the Cardinals to make a lot of waves in the market. And I do think that Goldschmidt possibly could be part of that equation. We take a look at the National League West here. The Dodgers begin with a nine-game road trip and then play 16 of 22 at home. And, of course, you know, going into the All-Star break, they took advantage of Arizona's struggles. The Dodgers tied for first place in the National League West and do have a couple of games in hand as well. The Dodgers are in an interesting spot because they should get Walker Bueller back in September, but Dustin May is now out. Clayton Kershaw is dinged up once again. They need pitching. They definitely need some starting pitching. Now, at the same time, they have an elite offense. So, you know, they're one of those teams to watch very closely, though, as well, because guys like Emmett Sheehan and Bobby Miller, you know, pitching high-stress innings at the big league level, big innings increases potentially for them. That's one where, you know, you look at the big picture and say, well, we'll get by with some guys that we trade for, you know, something like that. I think that's very much a possibility for this Dodgers team. So, the thing of it is, I mean, the, the the bullpen is good. I think they could use a little bit of extra help out there. The lineup is exceptional, as it usually is. The Dodgers are the only team, in my opinion, that pose a threat to the Braves in the National League. I think that's that's the only team that, that can go toe-to-toe with Atlanta, can match that offense, can maybe find a way to neutralize Atlanta's offense. But that would be a high-scoring series, I would think. So the Dodgers, to me really the only other choice in the National League outside of Atlanta. The Diamondbacks, so, you know, I I wish I would have found better ways to kind of capitalize on this, but the Diamondbacks are a team that I thought was in line for some negative regression. And I like this team, and I like a lot about this team, and I like individual pieces on this team. The pitching staff is not great. I mean, Zach Gallen, his full season numbers are good, and he's very capable of going out there and throwing gems, but he hasn't been as great since, you know, basically early June, kind of mid-May, as he was early in the season. Merrill Kelly's been hurt. That's been a problem for them as well. I think we kind of see how thin their margin for error is, given how they struggle without Merrill Kelly out there. Now, Tommy Henry is getting by, and credit to him for that. But, you know, I don't think you can win this division running out Ryan Nelson and Brandon Fott and, and some of the other depth guys that they have. They need pitching help, and they need it badly. And a lot of teams need pitching help, to be honest with you. So the market will be very high to acquire those kinds of assets. Now, the Diamondbacks, I think Jordan Montgomery is a fantastic fit there. Um, Jordan Montgomery is just a great fit everywhere. But I do think that they need to make some moves and and try and bolster something here. Also, coming out of the All-Star break, Toronto, Atlanta, Cincinnati. Three teams with a lot of offensive upside. So the Diamondbacks... Their pitching staff could be exposed further here. And also, they've had some offensive regression 
on their high velocity contact, as is to be expected. Their expected numbers were well higher than their actual numbers. There was regression coming for this offense, and it has hit. And they can't afford that because their pitching staff's not good enough. They need bullpen help, too. So the Diamondbacks, I'm not surprised to see them kind of falling off here a little bit. I think it's possible. I'm not saying I would run and bet this, but I think it's possible that Arizona misses the playoffs. And I think the betting markets kind of agree with that. They're minus 170 to make, plus 145 to miss. So this is a team that kind of long-term people don't have a lot of belief in. And I tend to agree kind of based on what I'm seeing out there. One more team to mention here. It's the San Diego Padres. They are 0-8 in extra innings. They are 5-15 and in one-run games. They've been one of the worst teams in baseball, batting with men in scoring position throughout the course of the year, although that has gotten better of late for them. San Diego is, is, is the big question here. I mean, is there a charge in this team? Can they go out there and make a run? Was what we saw in the first week-ish of July, them kind of making that run? I mean, they won five of their last six. They're six and two in the month here. They go to Philly, Toronto, and Detroit to open up the second half. So a tricky road trip to say the least, but then they don't really travel all that much beyond that. They've got to go to Milwaukee and St. Louis and Chicago. So they don't really have a ton of bad travel otherwise. So to me, I think this is a team that can still get it going. I think this is a team that still has the talent level to go out there and make a big push. Will they do it, though? I don't know, and I'm not entirely sure that I want to invest in it. But I do think that A.J. Preller will be very aggressive here at the trade deadline, if he can be, to sort of fill the holes. And this would be one where Paul Goldschmidt would make a ton of sense. So. We'll see, but just kind of wanted to give you a lay of the land around the league, talk about some futures betting opportunities. I don't bet player awards, really, so I didn't want to touch too much on that, Uh, but just some thoughts, kind of get you in the frame of mind for what to look for here in the second half of the Major League Baseball season. Of course, as I said, we'll be back tomorrow with a traditional show breaking down Friday's cards. So hope you enjoyed the All-Star break, everybody. Back in the saddle here on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. As I mentioned, please rate, review, subscribe. Subscribe over at vsin.com as well. Take advantage of that summer kickoff special, and I will talk to you again tomorrow. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.